1: We're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with Giants legend Carl Banks and broadcaster Bob Papa.
0: Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa along with two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks and uh, obviously the Giants are off to an 0-2 start. They got this weekend off. Carl, we sort of implore and employ the 24-hour rule. You know, Mm -hmm. like wait for the game to be over a chance to look at things, had a chance to dissect things a little bit. And um, boy, it's still, it's still a gut wrenching loss for this football team.
1: It it is a gut wrenching loss, Bob. And there's, you know, I, I can't in good conscience on this podcast, our listeners sell hope. Right. But there were some good things, but we, I got a lot to get off my chest about the bad things, man. Um, but there's, there's some signs that things are, are moving in the right direction. Obviously, you know, if you're a giant fan and you're so, uh, just discouraged about everything wrong with the team, it's just hard to see it and you just need to see victory. So, um, but there are just so much, so much that they got to get better at. Um, and you know, the, I, I, I quote it. Chris Carter, I saw him on uh, Good Morning Football uh, yesterday, and he said the most profound thing. He said, "You know, sometimes it's more important to teach teach teams how not to lose, teach players how not to lose, than to teach them how to win. Or before you can teach them how to win, you got to be able to teach them how not to lose." I yeah, I saw that segment. I think he, I think he took that from Belichick.
0: And Wherever he got opinion. it
1: from, it was, it was you know, as, as profound a statement and appropriate to this Giant team as can be. Let's lay the cards on the table here
0: for Giants fans,
1: okay? Um,
0: you're fed up. You've watched your team go 0-2 for eight out of the last nine years and five years in a row. So your frustration level, you don't want to hear the same song and dance from a fourth coaching staff, but you have to allow it to play out. I hate to say that. Right. But, you know, after those bad starts the last couple of years at Coughlin, you know, we're going to get it together. We're working hard. Guys are giving us everything. Then McAdoo had the good year in 16. And then this avalanche started in 17 with McAdoo, then two years of Pat Shermer and now in year two with Joe judge. But this is a, this is a new coaching staff. And they are going through their process right now of trying to get this team to win. So it's hard to preach patience to a fan base that's been, I let's face it, this giant fan base has been extremely patient.
1: They have. And um, their impatience is very warranted at this state. Um, but when we, you know, the, the, the narrative shifts as things improve, right? So coming out of, the um, last preseason game, the narrative was, okay, this offensive line hadn't gotten any better. They suck. They're, you know, they're, they're going to get this quarterback killed. Here we go again. Right. <clears throat> so you come out of the Denver game and your quarterback didn't kill Actually, he had some productive plays all, albeit. They were very limited uh, in their possessions. All right. So that's week one. You have Von Miller. And Von Miller's backup there, everybody says, oh, he was just, he was Chubb's backup. Well, he had eight sacks last year, so he was pretty good pass rusher uh, for the Denver Broncos. So, okay, well, here we go. We got, um, we got the Washington football team, and they've got the most ferocious defensive front. Well, the narrative is not so much talking about the offensive line pass blocking anymore. Even going into this game, it was the Giants can't run the ball. Now for a whole off season and into the first game, it was this offensive line sucks. They can't protect the passer. We got the worst offensive line in football, according to the people that make the narratives. Well, they fared okay against Denver in the past. And now as they can't run the football, right? Um, so then you come into the Washington game and if we are being honest, they held up pretty decent in the past game again, against a very good pass sure. rusher. Sure, Daniel I, Jones had time in this game. Oh yeah. I mean, look at his percentages. He was, you know, if you add in the drops, he's high 70 percentile. Right. So here's what, here's what you here's the one thing that you put the rest and I get it fans you're going to look for something until they win but if you want to look for something that's getting better your pass protection the one thing I did notice it stood out to me is that their communication up front uh, uh, their pass protection has been really good so and I say that because they're not turning guys loose now, there are going to be some situations where the other guy is better than the guy we got up there and you live with that. Um, but, but that's that's the nature, that's the nature
0: of this sport. You can right. have an offensive lineman that is pretty much pitching a shutout for most of the game, but then in a big spot on a third down, late in the third quarter, he gets beat. Yeah. And then everybody talks about, oh my God, look how bad he was. Well, you know yeah. what? You didn't notice the other plays in the game. It's a, it's a, the position sucks to play. I mean, well, it's but the thing the is, most thankless position in the world. Offensive it is.
1: Line. But the thing is, Bob, if you're not noticing, that means that your offensive line is doing decent. Because, let's let's face it. Last year, you noticed every play. You know, you yeah. had to point out the good plays more so than the bad ones. Now, so okay, so we 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 are at this point now to where I'm feeling a lot more comfortable with the schematics of the pass protection and the quarterback's ability to get the ball. Then it was they can't run the ball coming into this game. Well, that's a, that's a true statement and a not so true statement. When you look at the, the numbers, Saquon had his, his numbers, but you can't discount their ability to call runs for the quarterback, which they did. That counts in the stat. This is not like oh, it was a scramble. Yeah, he, he didn't just drop as, back
0: and take off. Right. These were this designed was, runs. These
1: are the same yards that count for the Baltimore Ravens when it's it's Lamar Jackson. So this is part of their run game. Part of the run game's not working. The other part is, All I right, was let's, no, no, ahead. wait, wait, wait. I got I got to keep going here because okay. I was critical of the schematics of the run game. After the Denver game, I said, boy, they need to get – more." I think this team is better suited for power, trap, and gap runs. Guess what they did? They went to power, trap, and gap runs, and they had some success against Washington. Now, another part of their lack of success, Bob, is Saquon Barkley. I think at this stage for Saquon – there he is. He has not quite gotten the eyes, the feet, the body thing, all in the patience as a runner. No doubt. All in sync. He does not I, I don't look think decisive. he's hesitant. He's not, he's not apprehensive. But, like, people are criticizing the last, drive, last offensive drive the Giants had. They called two runs. If he stays on his feet, He's getting four to five yards on each one of those runs. He literally goes to the hole and just almost, if, if, to use a skier now, he got ahead of his skis and just crumbled to the ground. No one even touched him until he hit the ground. So those plays, people saying the Giants weren't aggressive. Those two plays they called, if you go back and look at them, it wasn't like he was stopped in the hole. He just fell. So, And there were a few cases like that. Well, I think he's just got to get back used to um, the patience. His eyes are seeing it, his feet are seeing it, his body's moving too fast, and he's, he's stumbling. He's got to be patient with it. So I, I'm, I'm seeing some things there. As long as Garrett and, and Freddie Kitchens are in sync in terms of what works best for this offensive line from a uh, run-blocking standpoint, I think they could be okay there. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a very
0: critical point in the game. You know, there's so many things. We talked about it during the broadcast. I, I want to go to the missed field goal, okay? Because this has become, on social media, like the Zapruder film. I mean, <laughs> people are showing all these angles. Yeah. First of all, if you, if you don't have an angle down the line, even if you know and everyone's saying well he he timed it perfectly he didn't time it perfectly or whatever shouldn't have made it that close okay yeah in that situation you really you got to be more disciplined so to me the the responsibility falls on the player to not even give the officials an opportunity to make that call
1: yes but here's what i'll say they had ample opportunities to win the game. They gave up a lot back. But when you play this game, they tell you, you play all 60 minutes because you never know what's going to happen, right? So despite the fact that they should have never been in this situation, if it comes down to a last play and you win that, you earned it, right? It's just no different then uh Super Bowl 25. It came down to a last play against the Buffalo Bills. They missed it, we won, right? Mm-hmm. Uh we earned it. There, there was clearly enough they did to be in that position, but they did enough also bad to be in that position. Now I've seen this, this clip and I posted it. And if it's a bad call by the official, I don't know. I don't even know if that's the right clip, right? But if it is a bad call by the official, shame on them. Shame on the Giants for being in that position, right? It's unfortunate if this is a bad call, because you play 60 minutes, and if the guy misses the kick, you shouldn't be penalized for it. Um, but it shouldn't have never been that close. Yeah, don't let them drive down the field. They put yeah. them in, they they put themselves
0: in a position to have something go wrong, as opposed to yes. just closing it out themselves. Correct. To me, this game was lost. With four and a half minutes or 4.55 to go in the game. Um, the Giants have a really good drive going. You know, again, we people love to rip Jason Garrett and his play calling and, and rightfully... He called a masterful game.
1: Country. He called but a great game.
0: Was it, a, again, kind of like the Evan Ingram play in Philadelphia last year, ironically, <laughs> on a Thursday night? Did Jason Garrett call a bad game in that four-minute offense? No. Called up the right play the right time, and Evan Ingram dropped the ball. Well, here you got it. You're going to go up by 10. And Jason Garrett and Daniel Jones and the Giants offensive staff got a look that they wanted, and boom, there goes Slate. Ball's got to be caught. Could you say it could have been delivered a little bit better? Yeah, but, you know, the quarterback's getting he's getting knocked around back there. Um, mm-hmm. It was It was good enough by NFL standards to be caught. The Giants go up 10 there. This game is over. The game is over. Yeah. Okay? Because now there's, there's, there's a different kind of pressure now that's on Washington as opposed to being down just one score. So you, you, you miss that opportunity. You get called for a false start in there. Jones makes a heck of a play on third down to get him back in field goal range for Gano to even hit the field goal.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so
0: now you're up six. This is all part of where this game was lost. So now when you played for Bill Belichick, what was always the thing? The thing was you keep things in front of you and you let them help you by using the clock. You cannot Mm -hmm. allow a two-play 75-yard touchdown drive in response to what just happened with your drop touchdown pass and then field goal to go up six. That is unconscionable.
1: And that's, to me, where they lost the game. Um, well, I, will give you one more. Um, they gave up a touchdown run just being in the wrong formation. They had well, six guys, six guys on one side of the line of scrimmage and one guy opposite of the center. And I look at that configuration and you say, okay, Carl, what should they be doing here? And I said, well, they got to have a balanced line, you know, cover all the gaps. As soon as I said that, I look up and they got six guys on one side of the center and one guy on the opposite. You Um, even said it on the broadcast.
0: uh, um, As I'm doing play by play, you said there's a bubble to the right of the giant front to their left side. There's a bubble there. You run at the bubble.
1: And sure enough, they ran at the bubble. What the hell was that call? I don't know. Um, I I, I don't know if it was a. I don't know if it was a, a miscommunication on the alignment or a bad call now. You know, as it's, it's, it's much as I've, I've talked about how good Patrick Graham is, this is one he's got. He's got to get this under control. And you know, we talk about, and I talked about Jason Garrett doing, calling a game, and running schematics that fit the personnel. And I'm going to say the same thing to Patrick Graham. You got to leave a few crayons in the box. You can't be reactive to everything that that an offense does. That's not not the mark of a, a great coordinator. They don't have answers for everything. You can't. What you have to have is something that everybody can play. So if things, all hell's breaking loose, don't try something different. Try something simple. At least you know the desire. I mean the, the intended result won't be a touchdown. If you say I'm gonna concede 10 yards on a play and this is as much as this defense is gonna give up, that's it. Until you can get your defense stabilized. And see, that was the one thing that when I worked with Bill Belichick and, and Nick Saban, we had these well, I don't wanna I call them stem the tide calls, right? When we would practice a few a few calls. Um, a few defenses, and Bill will say the most that a team should be able to get, no matter what they do, the most that we should be able to give up on this play is 10 yards or 15 yards, right? So if your man-to-man isn't working and your blitzing isn't working, and that's on a good play, there are some defenses you can put your team in where everything's in front of you, and the most a team can get on you is 10 to 12 yards, and that's at their best. He's got to have a few of those. So when things start to, to spiral out of control, you just can't start dialing up different things. What you want to do is dial back, get them get them all in something that they can play, live with that down so that they can get their confidence back and the players can get uh, get their footing. But you can't give up these two plays. Like you're in a man-to-man coverage. You got Tay take Crowder on a running back, right? The play is extended because your pass rush is in there, but the play is extended. Tay kind of gives up on the play. As soon as he does, there's the ball running back in the end zone. That's not quite the play you wanted to be in there because if you're, if you're trying to make them eat up clock and force a long field goal, then you want to keep things in front of you in that situation. You want to make sure that they, this, this quarterback is checking down and you guys got to tackle. Check down tackle, uh, intermediate pass tackle, clock is ticking. They got one timeout, right? All of these things as a defensive coordinator, you've got to take into account. And it's a defensive staff. Okay, here's, coach, here's what we got for time. They got one timeout left. The ball is on the opposite side of the 50-yard line let the coach start to call plays that will make them eat clock man to man defenses doesn't necessarily make you eat clock when they get close to midfield yeah, a lot of teams like to blitz, but a lot of teams like to take a shot right whatever defense the giants were in if it were a blitz or not they took a shot by just getting a one on one with the back in the um in the running back and in the linebacker so coaching. Is not always about having the most aggressive call. It's about having the right call. It's not about having the right matchup all the time. It's putting in your your all of your guys, the collective, in a position to make a play. You know, sometimes you you gotta dial back in order to dial up. And that's where I think uh Coach Graham has been a little bit you know, Oops. chaotic um, because when you look at the alignment on the goal line, I, I don't see a scenario where you should be in it. Well, here's the
0: thing. I unless, don't
1: understand. unless he's like somebody told him 100% sure this is where they're going to go. They're going to go to where you got all your people at. Well, common sense says that that doesn't happen. You know, most offenses can look at it. I got seven guys on one side of the line of scrimmage and one on the other. I'm going to all and get this guy over here. Yeah, well, they changed personnel
0: before the play, so they took out the big guys because they had multiple receivers in the game. Here's the thing that concerns me. The Giants played that play with 23 seconds to go in the first half, and Washington's out of timeouts. But mm-hmm. you know on the Washington sideline, they got the field goal unit there. Ready and you, go. <clears throat> you have to take into account if you're Patrick Graham and the Giants defensive staff, you have to take into account that running the ball for them is an option with 23 seconds and no timeouts. Because if, if they run it and you stop them, they have time to get the field goal unit out on the field because it's they practice this. And what is it? Like usually teams can get it done in about 12 seconds. Yeah. Get someone out, get it set, get it, boom. And if they don't have the kicking ball ready, they're gonna stop it for a second. So <clears throat> It's the Giants played that or coached that—that situational football. They played it as if there's no way Washington's running the ball with no timeouts. Well, guess what? You vacated that spot. The guy audibleized to it, and that was a walk-in touchdown.
1: Yeah, and again, we don't we don't know um, if there were just a miscommunication with alignment, but the other part of that is you got to have players on the field that look at this. Let's just say if, if this was not the alignment that they were supposed to be in and it wasn't the defense that was called your linebacker, normally your middle linebacker is screaming like hell to get somebody on the other side. If he looks at that and says, wait a minute, we don't have enough guys. Somebody move over here, get them balanced up. Um, you can't be unbalanced at the you know, five yard line or four yard line. Handed them points. Right. So this is, Again, I don't know for for certain if this defensive front was what they called, but it can't be that way. And if it if it wasn't called that way, your players on the field have to be able to say, yo, get over here. Your de- your your middle linebackers got to look at that and say, yo, we got to balance this up. So that's the bad, right? The good is we talked about. Um Dribrill Peppers last week, right? And how I thought, you know, he could have an advantage on tight ends. And last week they said oh, he's a waste of time. He can't cover. Well, guess what happened this week? Their first sack of the game, they put him, put him in man coverage. First thing he does is he attacks the tight end right off the yeah, snap. Boom. Right? Gets in his chest. It's like he listened to the podcast. Yeah, he gets in his chest. Tight end's not in the route. Guess what? You know, everybody wants to get the ball out of the quarterback's hand fast. So everything is timing. They get a sack. Ojalari oh, right? And <clears throat> so Peppers had a really good game in terms of, of uh, playing the tight end and acquitting himself, you know, in terms of the narrative that he can't cover tight ends because he did it. And he, you know, he has a technique to do it now. Um, the other little hint I'll give him is once you get him, you can let him go after a while cause and then just fall into your coverage. But, you know, because I think they're going to call it if he stays jammed up longer than five yards. All you got to do is jam him at the line of scrimmage, hold him up a little bit, and then fall back into your know, trail technique or whatever you're going to do. Um, but I thought it was a really good job. Um, we talked about the bad of, of what Patrick Graham uh, what I saw in, you know, in terms of, you know, he needs to leave a few crayons in the box. Now the good or the almost good is their zone coverage. They had guys in areas, but not guys ready to make a play. Right. Cause it um, feels like
0: they should have had about six interceptions.
1: Yeah, exactly. Holy so crap. That tells me, that they, the players, when they're in zone, they've got to be in zone coverages, get to your spot, quarterback, locate receiver, match. They, they just seem, they didn't seem to be uh, sudden enough in terms of getting to their coverage. They're in the area, they haven't located receiver, and when they do, they're hair short about four or five times they should have had interceptions. Can that be fixed? Yes. That means you got when you call zone, you got to bust your ass to get to your area, see the quarterback, locate receiver in your area and get to him. You'll start to take away a lot of stuff. Well, they uh, they, because, they
0: better get it tightened up because, you know what? They've played two of the worst quarterbacks they're going to see for a long stretch.
1: Two two bad quarterbacks, two great uh game plans well i'll say that i won't call them
0: bad quarterbacks
1: well they're 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 not the best in the league sure yeah i mean they're Um, gonna play
0: they're gonna go against matt ryan next they're gonna go against Jameis winston and sean payton they're gonna go against sam darnold they're gonna go against patrick mahomes they're gonna go against dak prescott they're gonna go against tom brady like this was
1: this this is where they were supposed they were supposed to win at least one of these games well well sure um they can only play one at a time what i will tell you though is there's not a better coach at carving up a zone defense than Sean Payton. So you better have it together then. Now, it was Drew Brees that was freaking just a deal. He'll, he'll run you out of zone defense. They were so good. Drew's not there anymore. I don't know if um, James Winston reads it like that, but I can tell you um, Sean Payton will have him ready. But th- let's, let's not go that far ahead. The things that the Giants – because I think – I know that from a skill set, they have better players on defense than what they're playing. Yeah. They cannot – I mean, Bradbury, Bradbury's not been good. Well, you can't take for granted your skill set. Don't, don't take for granted that, that players are going to say, well, I got Bradbury today. I'm going um, to just shut it down because they know they, – they're going to all try you." And, you know, he had McCurlin. McCurlin is one hell of a route runner. You know, even Brad uh, Bradbury's best technique on one, he couldn't have played it better, and McCurlin still ended up getting open for a, a catch. So they've got to have a sense of urgency, a sense of uh, commitment to technique. And they've got to play it that way. They can't take it for granted Every other play is not going to go their way. Every other ball is not going to go their way. Play with urgency. That's what the offenses are doing now. The offenses will not allow you to develop a pass rush if you are – they're going to get the ball out of their quarterback's hands. That's the trend. And, folks, look at it. Every Sunday you'll see – Quarterback balls out two seconds, three seconds. They're not holding the ball, waiting for something deep to happen down the field. You've got to get them in those third and long situations in order for them to even take a shot. But, you know, no, this, they, this team has got to get better. They missed Dalvin
0: Tomlinson, too. Let's not, let's not cut that short. They missed
1: Austin Johnson's not Dalvin Tomlinson. I mean, well, that's true. They tried, but, but and they, they tried, tried, you keep, can't have try, both. You you were never going to have both. They had the two top free agents, the two top free agent interior linemen in football. You weren't going to keep both and then get better at other positions. Yeah. And
0: they tried so, to keep Dalvin. It's just, he decided to play the market. They tried to him. did. He did, it, he did it
1: right too, because listen, he, he knew that he was a top rated defensive lineman and the giants were going to have to make a decision between him and Leonard. Um, I think, you know, for Dalvin's part, he did the right thing. The Giants, they weren't going to be able to keep both. So um Johnson and crew, they just had to get better. Yeah, you had a luxury. You drafted a guy and you wanted to keep him. Um, But the market just wouldn't let you keep it, keep him and Leonard and still get better in other areas. Are
0: right, you got anything else that you want to get
1: off your chest? Um, no, go ahead.
0: Okay. Are you sure? What, By the way, what's that jersey you're rocking? What starter you got today? Running Rebels. UNLV Running Rebels, baby. <laughs> I got nervous there for a second because I couldn't see the lettering. And I saw the color tone. And I'm like, I can't believe a guy from Michigan State could be wearing an Ohio State jersey.
1: Never. No. Never.
0: But, you know, if you look at your screen right now, if you can't see the lettering, yeah. you can see where I was going with that.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I Runner wouldn't. Rebels
0: Tark. All right. So um we can't really preview the next game. We'll do that next week because you know, we don't know what's gonna happen with the Falcons this week. They're not a very good team. They got a new head coach. I think they'll play better this week. Well,
1: two not very good teams playing each other right now. Yeah, no kidding. But no hey, kidding. listen, is is crazy as this sound, and again, I can't sell hope to Giants fans, but there are some things with the makeup of this team that can get right pretty fast. Offensively, I'm, I'm more encouraged by what I'm seeing than what, if the same scenarios were happening last year, I wouldn't be. I mean, I, I see a quarterback who's in command. I see an offensive line that's communicating. There are no jailbreaks, none. Like they've been, you, again, you're gonna have those situations where their guy is better than your guy, and they got the matchup that they wanted. Live yep. with it.
0: And I think on one of the sacks that he, that Jones took, there's just nobody open. You know, like yeah. sometimes it's a coverage sack. All right. So look, the Giants' next game is Sunday, September 26th, against the Falcons. This number is going to the rafters, right? Eli's number is being retired. This also is the 10 year anniversary. Of the 2011 Super Bowl champion New York Giants. Now everybody remembers that team. What they got to don't what they don't remember. They like the last two games against the Jets and Dallas. They got that got them into the playoffs. But during the body of that season, do you know that the Giants were ranked around 30th in running the football? That year was all about Eli carrying the ball club. The defense, O.C. was hurt a lot during the year. Tuck was hurt a lot in the year. They weren't playing statistically defensively. They were ranked uh, not very high either. That was the Eli Manning, Hakeem Nicks, Mario Manningham, Victor Cruz passing. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think Eli, if you take Eli's yardage from the regular season, and you add in his postseason and Super Bowl yardage, the cumulative amount of yards is still the most in a single season by any quarterback ever. So should the Giants play be to channel a little of 2011 right now, at least until the other parts of the body catch up, meaning the defense and the running game? Should this be the mode of attack? put the game in Danny Dime's hands and like they did in 2011 with Eli and just say, Hey, Danny, we're going to open it up. We're going to throw it. We're going to, we're going to use you in the run game. We're going to use short passes until we can get these other things fixed. You like Eli in 2011, give us the best chance to win right now.
1: Well, he is their best chance, and I think they have given it to him. Um, but he's he, the run game is two phases. It's the quarterback's ability and the running back's ability. Um, if they're going to combine for 120, would they get 130 yards last week? Yeah, they had a decent amount. Um, if you can do that, you're impacting the game. Um, I will say this. Galladay, hold your water. I don't, I don't know what their, their dust-up is. But they're going to be okay. He's gonna have his opportunities in this offense because the more um
0: I'm not sure he was even yelling at Daniel Jones. Yeah, I know, I know.
1: But just, you know, and it I know look you know, that way, let's just say it. Look that way, but maybe yeah, But like the frustration, I get it. He might have been mad because he was dropping balls. You know, he dropped a few good ones for. Um, that could have helped them. But I would just say that there are going to be plenty of opportunities because the more effective um, Jones to Shepard is, the more opportunities those guys are going to have, just like the one to um, Slayton, wide open, drops it. Everybody keeps saying it could have been a better ball. I don't know if it could have been a better ball. It hit him in the palm of his hands in stride. Yeah, it's the NFL catch. He could have thrown a worse ball that was more catchable. No excuses. You get paid but to listen, play the game, catch the ball. Players have to have, in these situations, to Chris Carter's point, teaching a team how not to lose is just as or more important than teaching them how to win. And that means having a sense of urgency, Um. Complete the entire operation, not just getting open, beating your guy. The ball is there. You got to complete the operation.
0: Just from a fun statistical category, I was really kind of pissed that Shepard didn't get one more catch and six more yards because it would have given him three straight 100-yard games. He had one in the regular season finale last year. He had it last week against Denver, and he came up six yards short. Um, I just root for Shep. I just root for good things for him. All right, Carl. We're. I think we're out of time here. Uh, okay. I think we've exhausted everything. Unless you got something else you need to get off your chest. Nah,
1: man, that's it. That's it. I. I. There is some. I'm encouraged. But we'll see what happens. And um, onto Atlanta. Yeah, and the fans have every right to be
0: frustrated and not happy. And um, you know, zero and two for five straight years is a tough pill to swallow. And I. Yeah, get I mean, it.
1: each year is a year for me, though. It's not. I mean, for them, they're just. It's Groundhog Day for me it's you know they're owing to this year let's see what happens the rest of the year Um, but i hope i dropped a few easter eggs in there that you know during your frustration there's some things you can look at and say okay i see this i see that there's number eight danny dimes number 10 eli manning let's go all right tell all your friends tell a friend to tell a friend
0: tell a friend to tell a friend spread the word make sure you check out each and every week believe in Giants with Bob Baba and two time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks.